Hello. I'm Shrew. And this is Kat. And we, together, are your hosts. Hello. So this is the True Crime Tuesday episode. And we are in season two of our podcast. So we are in the season of Devious Duos. So today we are talking about Ray and Faye Copeland. Their names freaking rhyme, oh. which is like couple goals. I feel like what we're going to talk about makes them not couple goals. No, though, but like so. <laughs> for right now is couple goals. When this is all we know yeah. about them. Yeah. Couple goals. Don't forget to follow our Instagram at sinistersisters.podcast. <laughs> our TikTok at sinistersisterspodcast. Email us at sinistersisterspod at gmail.com. And subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is Sinister Sisters Podcast. This would be a lot easier for me if um, they were all the same. Yeah. Yeah. If you have those usernames... DM me, I'll give you five bucks. <laughs> Hell yeah. We do have a case request form also in the Instagram bio, the episode description, and the YouTube video description for you to leave a case in that you'd like us to cover or a soapbox for cats to climb up on. We also have a YouTube Hell channel. Yeah. I don't know if I mentioned that. Did I mention that? Sinister Sisters podcast. I did. I think so. I think so too. Yeah. Can't remember, it was two minutes ago. Already so, forgot. The content warnings for this episode include murder and mentions of domestic violence. Um, have you heard of Ray and Faye Copeland before Cat? I have not. Excellent. Excellent. So Ray Copeland was born in Oklahoma in nineteen fourteen. While he was growing up, his family moved around, struggling to survive in the Great Depression. As a young man, he I don't know why I said it like that. Like, the Great Depression. Like, it was a, a good thing. Like, <laughs> not a good thing. The worst Struggling thing. to survive during the Great Depression. As a young man, he began a life of petty crime, stealing livestock and forging checks until he was caught and he served a year in jail. This was in 1939, so he was like a, a grown-up by now. Um, so after his release in 1940, he met a lady by the name of Faye Wilson, and they were married very soon after they met. Faye was born as Faye Della Wilson on, on August 4th, 1921 in Harrison, Arkansas. So they were married like almost immediately. She's like seven years younger than him, if I did math correctly, which... Probably didn't. Debatable. But they married very, very quickly and also quickly had several children. Um, but we don't know really anything about their kids. They're not, this was like the 1940s. So, like, it wasn't important. So, it wasn't like in the papers or whatever. Um, mm. Because of Ray's um, criminal reputation, they did have to keep moving around all the time, um, which was difficult for them because they were very poor. Um, but he kept committing crimes because during the time that they were moving around a bunch, he served several jail sentences until he finally came up with a plan to improve his illegal money-making methods. 
So this man was just a Mm. bum. He didn't want to get a job. And he was going to be illegal. He also had, like, I think seven children to feed. Plus a wife. Yeah. Mm. Um, Because Ray was a well-known fraud around the area, he was not able to buy and sell cattle on his own. Because they knew that he was just going to scam them somehow. To... Oh my god, stop scrolling. To get around this problem, he began to pick up homeless people um, and employed them as farmhands on his property in Mooresville in Missouri. I should say that there's like zero information about what happened with the family after, like, we know they moved around, but we have no idea what their family dynamic was like or anything. That just, like, wasn't a thing. And we only really know that he was in jail because of the records of it, obviously. We don't really know anything about their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, yeah, he would pick up homeless people and apl- employed them as farmhands in uh, his farm in Missouri. And he would take his employees to the market where they would use his bad checks to buy the cattles for him. Cattles? To buy the cattle for him. So they just, like, went in with his money. Okay. But they wasn't actually real money. After the transactions, Ray would sell the cattle quickly and the farmhands would disappear without a trace. For a while, the scam worked, but the police did, like, eventually catch up and Ray was once again sent to jail. So upon his release, he resumed his criminal activities, but this time he made sure his farmhands were not as connected to him as before. This went on until a previous employee, Jack McCormick, called Crime Stoppers Hotline in August 1989 to tell them about the Copelands. McCormick claimed that he had seen human oh, wow. bones on their farm while he was employed there and also claimed that Ray had tried to kill him. Oh, I meant to Whoa. add when... I think I saw something about their um, um, victims. And so we can see mm. when they believe that they had started killing their first victims. Um, so their known victims, their earliest is in um, October 17th, 1986. So the earliest known victim was murdered in 1986. We don't know about unknown victims, obviously. Oh, wow. So is the idea kind of that they likely... Were killing people before, like those homeless people that they picked up to be their farmhands? Yeah. Well, nobody really knows. I guess. Police were initially skeptical of the claims from McCormick, but after checking out Ray's criminal record, they decided to investigate it further, which is great. You would think that they would investigate it anyway, even if the claims are a bit sketchy, because this is like murder, yeah. you know? In October of 1898, they visited the Copeland farm with search warrant, dozens of officers, and a team of bloodhounds. Initially, they did not find any incriminating evidence, but after further searching, the bodies of three young men were discovered in a nearby barn. As the search continued, more bodies were found, all killed with the same weapon, mm. a 22 caliber Marlin rifle that was later found in the Copeland home. Oh, no. So it became clear that Ray had killed his employees in the pursuit of money, 
but Faye's actions were initially questioned. No one really knew what, like, I guess, role she played in the murders. Um, so when she went to trial, because they were both, um, you know, they were uh, convicted, not convicted, what's the, tried, charged, charged, charged with the crimes. Um, mm. But again, nobody really knew what Faye's role in it was. So when she went to trial in November of 1990, her defense mounted a picture of her as a dutiful wife and mother who had endured beatings and general ill treatment from her husband. So they went the domestic violence route, which we don't know. Mm. Could have been the vibe, might not have been the vibe. Right. But she was convicted of five counts of first degree murder and she was given four death sentences for the murders and one life sentence. So the jurors obviously didn't think that the domestic violence story was true or they didn't think that, you know, it absolved her of the murders in any way. Yeah. So that was in 1990. In 1991, in March, Ray went on trial and was convicted of five counts of murder and sentenced to death. Upon hearing that Faye had been sentenced to death by lethal injection as well, Ray showed no emotion and replied, quote, Well, those things happen to some, you know. Oh my. That's your wife. The only wife you've ever had. What a great husband. Like, what the frick? Ray died of natural causes on October 19th, 1993, and his body was cremated. Faye's attorneys appealed her conviction, contending that the jury had not been allowed to hear evidence that Ray had abused her for years. On August 6th, 1999, the judge overturned the death sentence, but let the conviction stand and commuted her sentence to five consecutive terms of life without parole. So essentially a death sentence. She'll just die naturally, which she did on August 10th, 2002. She suffered a stroke that left her partially paralyzed and unable to speak um Mm. weeks later in september 2002 the governor authorized a medical parole for Faye, fulfilling her one wish as to not die in prison which who cares ma'am you like helped kill a bunch of people she was paroled to a nursing home in her hometown of chillicoth missouri where she died of natural causes at the age of 82 she left behind five jo- hmm. five children and 17 grandchildren. Yeah, it's pretty gross. Wow. Yeah. It's gross that um, they were murdering for money. Very. Like, these people meant nothing. They were just disposable, like, disposable gloves that you wear or, like, the disposable face masks or whatever. Just so that Ray and Faye could live the high life, I guess. Yeah, and it's so not Ray like... didn't have to work. Yeah. And it's not like it got them any further ahead no. either. You know, they were still pretty poor yeah. as well. They so. were not doing well by any means. But they were still, you know, callous enough to take those lives 
Oh, I, I also don't think I mentioned how many people they actually killed. Hmm. There was five of them known. Five known um, victims, which is one for every child that they had. They had five kids and five hmm. victims. Which is gross. Horrible. Yeah. It's like the vulnerable people again with the, you know, people looking for work or people, unhoused people. It's weird mm. to think that Faye and Ray had five kids and they killed five other people's kids. Like, that's a weird, yeah. like, parallel in this case that they they took five lives and they had five kids. So five five families were altered those days and it's weird weird parallel yeah it is yeah very much so hmm well that's sad yeah not the vibe and again there wasn't really much information on like motive or, or i mean um how they were killed or um really anything about the actual crimes themselves which i think maybe is like it's fine because you can only like we don't need to know how these people died for it to be as horrific as it is you know like it doesn't yeah if they were killed in a nicer way that's a quote unquote then it wouldn't change the fact that still pretty shit thing to do to someone yeah 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 and they still deserve to have their story yeah, exactly. heard as well. And so, were there any names? Yes, like any names yes. published? So the five or known like victims. There was a Dennis Murphy, uh, Wayne Warner, Jimmy Dale Harvey, John W. Freeman, and Paul J. Coart. Those were the known victims. Yeah, I think sometimes with the. Um, true crime there's a lot of focus on those like big splashy like lots of detail type yeah. of cases but it's also good to remember that not it not everything is like that and not every like there's sorry there's plenty of crimes committed and people's lives altered for forever that that don't get the same amount of press yeah. but their lives are still altered just the same yeah and so it's still important. Not every murder or true crime case has that like Hollywood factor to it. Like this isn't yeah. a a fun case because they were regular looking people and people that were not considered very valuable in the society. Um, mm -hmm. Whereas last week or a few weeks ago, we talked about Jodi Arias who was considered by most to be very beautiful. So that got a lot of press coverage. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that one was weird when I went to look for pictures for the for the YouTube video. There were like lots and lots of pictures of her like posing and like people I don't know how the media got them but yeah. kind of like trying to look attractive or whatever and it just was weird. To, yeah that's not what it's about what it was about was her victim travis and and the awfulness of what she did yeah i was gonna say earlier that because we don't really know details about the crime or like the living situation they were in 
we don't know. In the last episode of Lead Last Season, Kat talked about why people kill in teams as kind of like a precursor for this episode. Mm. So, well, for this season, sorry. And we don't really know why Ray and Faye got into this. I read some Reddit threads about them that there is some conjecture that perhaps Faye wouldn't have committed any crimes if it wasn't for marrying a criminal so maybe maybe not we'll never know at this point yeah they're both yeah. dead and as we learnt as we learnt from last season women also murder and murder in cold yes. blood so. uh, often for money as yeah. well monetary improvement yeah our last season if you didn't watch or listen was women who kill it's very interesting if you yeah. want to go and check it out go check out our back catalog anyways so that's all i have for today's episode do you know what we're discussing for soapbox this week not for this week Okay. Because <laughs> the soap the soapbox recording is, is behind her. Oh. Week. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess the people don't get to know. Sorry, people. But it'll be something fun and flirty. Flirty, flirty and thriving. Thank you for listening. I was just gonna say, why do we always come back to the same like weird niche? I feel like that's Disney not really Channel that bullshit niche. from the early two thousands. Well, maybe not. Anyways, thanks for listening, bitches. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Bye.